Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Well, we men, we're all sitting in the living room, you see, visiting. The ladies are in the kitchen, our hostess and, and her three daughters. And they've got the food all ready now. In fact, some of it's sitting on the table, about ready to serve. When I suddenly had an urge to pray. Now, I don't mean just a leading. We have a leading to pray sometime. I mean an overwhelming urge to pray. I don't know whether you can understand that or not. I tell you, sometimes, you know, you can get such an urge to pray and such a, such a burden to pray that if you don't, it, it, it literally feels like you're going to burst wide open physically. You've got to give some kind of expression to it. Welcome to Rama for Today Radio with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we're continuing with Kenneth E. Hagan's series, The Healing Anointing from Volume 2. We know you're learning, and we want to help you gain as much knowledge as you need about the healing power of God and your right to be healed. Later in the program, I'll return to give you details about this month's special radio and podcast offer. Now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan. If they will believe it. That is, he said, believe that you are anointed and will receive that anointing or that power. Then if they will receive it, then that power will flow out of your hand or hands into their body and will drive out their sickness or disease or will affect a healing or a cure in them. Now then, let's go back here to the fifth chapter of Mark again. Daughter, he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Then it was her faith that activated the anointing that he's anointed with. Did you ever even notice that in preaching and teaching or singing? You know, God calls people to preach, to teach the word, anoints them. You dedicate your talent of singing to the Lord, and God will use that and anoint it. That's operating in the ministry of helps. That's a ministry just like the ministry of the teacher is, the preacher. But did you ever notice this? When a crowd gets with you, you that sing and preach and teach, you just do a much better job than anointing stronger. Where if the crowd is sort of anti, boy, it's tough sledding. You understand what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So you see, in some places, the crowd got with Jesus when he started talking about I'm anointed and believed it and just started gathering up the sick folks said, boy, let's get them in on it. Hallelujah. And other places, they got mad about it, rose up and run him out. Isn't that scriptural? Then we established this fact. We've been talking about the anointing. We're going to talk more about faith side today. But this established this fact that the anointing, healing power of God just doesn't flow out promiscuously, so to speak, just to anybody. In fact, this crowd that's here where the woman with the issue of blood is, there's a multitude around there. She's the only one that got healed out of the whole crowd. How do I know? Because the scripture plainly tells us that Jesus, you know, was on his way to Jairus' house at the time this happened. And that he, as he was momentarily detained by her touching his garment and him stopping there, that men came from Jairus' house and said, little daughter's already dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. Jesus turned to him and said, Fear not, only believe, and proceeded immediately. He didn't stop and have a healing service. Proceeded immediately, go right on to his house. And, to, and the little maiden was raised up from the dead and healed. And then the scripture tells us exactly that he went from Jairus' house. As he departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, that's the house that he went to when he came from Jairus. Jairus was a ruler of the house of the synagogue, you see. 
there in Capernaum. Jesus had just come back across the Sea of Galilee from the country of the Gadarenes where the maniac of Gadara had been delivered. When he landed there at Capernaum, he met him. I landed right there where he did. And, and I went right there. You see the, the ruins of the synagogue, the foundation all still there. I don't know where Jairus' house was, but Jesus evidently went to Peter's house from what I can gather from it. And, and they know where Peter's house is now in more recent times. Houston didn't know, but 1969, I think, they, they, they located it. And, uh, and so uh, that was evidently the house that he went to and the, the two blind men came right into the house. And Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this? See, it seems that he wasn't able to do it unless they believed he could. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Believe ye that I... Yeah, Bacchus and Allah, Remekiata. I said, Moyanesia. Hey, I won't see if I hear Nesia. Thank you. I'm just talking to the Lord. That's all right. I got it. I got something he said to me. And I was answering it back so you wouldn't know what I said. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, yeah, I got it. I know it. Now, you don't need to know it. So, <laughs> I'll get back over here in a minute here. So, uh, the, he said, believe ye that I'm able to do this. They said, yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your fate, so be it done unto you. According to whose fate? My fate? No, two blind men's fate. And their eyes were open. Glory to God. And they went out and could see. Thank God. Now, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. I remember when Jesus appeared to me in another vision, this was the third one, I believe. The first was 1950. There's one 1952. Then the next one was 1953. I was holding a meeting in Phoenix, Arizona, the First Assembly of God Church. I was there for the last, about the last week of November and the first two or three weeks of, uh, or a couple of weeks, I guess, of, of December of 1953. Now, I was staying in the home of some friends there. And on Friday night of the third week, we just got one meeting left. And that's Sunday night. We had nothing on Saturday. So, the, the folks I was staying with, they, you know, because this is Friday night and no one has to go to work on Saturday. We don't have any services. So they invited their daughters who live there, all three daughters. They had no boys, all three girls. And their husbands, the sons-in-laws, to come in after church. And we're going to have a time of fellowship and eat, you see. And they prepared some beautiful things to eat. So we, we you know, I never eat uh, usually night service anyway, you know, because you don't like to be full, you know. You don't do as well usually. <laughs> If you're too full. But sometimes it's sort of like a preacher down in Mississippi said to me, he said he, uh, just starting out preaching, and said he, uh, he worked, you see, but he's off on, got off at noon Saturday, and he had hitchhiked to appointments and preached a lot of time on Sunday. Had, had, had a deal made with the business he worked for that he didn't have to be in till noon on Monday. As long as he got in by noon on Monday, it's all right. So he used to go out and preach country churches, you know, just starting out, you know. And so he said he rode, actually this time he rode the bus long way, and then he walked back into the woods a long way, four or five miles. And he got there, you know, Saturday night. They're going to have a Saturday night service, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. And he found this place where he's supposed to stay, you know. They wanted him to eat. He said, no, no, I, I preach better, you know, if I don't eat. What he meant was he's full, you know, and it bothers you. So he didn't eat, you know. And so he said, this man and his wife, they were older people, but in later life they'd had this little girl. She's about nine years old, so she took sick in her stomach, and the mother didn't go. And so he said, we come back then and got off to bed and just an old box house, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, made up boxing plank, you know, and it's put up in this green 
And then they drawed up, you know, and he said, there's a crack, you know, an inch wide. My head to my bed, the head to their beds, right up against one another. So said, I heard her ask him, said, Paul, how did he do? He said, he might as well eat. He might as well eat. You know, he didn't eat because he preached better. <laughs> so he didn't do so hard anyhow, whether he ate or whether he didn't eat, you know. So uh, anyway, uh, usually I didn't eat. <laughs> uh, if you don't feel so full, at least it's easy. And so we're going to eat. Well, we men were all sitting in the living room, you see, visiting. The ladies are in the kitchen, our hostess and, and her three daughters. And they've got the food all ready now. In fact, some of it's sitting on the table, about ready to serve. When I suddenly had an urge to pray. Now, I don't mean just a leading. We have a leading to pray sometime. I mean an overwhelming urge to pray. I don't know whether you can understand that or not. I tell you, sometimes, you know, you can get such an urge to pray and such a, such a burden to pray that if you don't, it, it, it literally feels like you're going to burst wide open physically. You've got to give some kind of expression to it. Well, now, these people are all full gospel people, Pentecostal. They understand. Now, I think we ought to be wise. If you're around people that don't know about the Spirit of God and the Holy Ghost and those things, and if I'd been around people like that, I wouldn't have done what I did. I would have excused myself, went to the privacy of my own room, my bedroom, and, and, and prayed. But I would have prayed. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have eaten at that time. So I just simply said to Brother Fisher, our host, I've got to pray, and I've got to pray now. And he said, well, let's pray then. So he just called the ladies and them about ready to serve the meal, you see. My, my, we finally wound up with a cold meal. After it's all over, nobody won't eat anyhow. Make it a bit different to work. And so uh, they came up, he, they, they came up and he said, Brother Higgins got to pray, let's just all pray with him. So we just all got on our knees, we four men and the four ladies, you see. My wife was not uh, uh, with me, so actually there was... Uh, Five of we men, count me, you see, but those four and, and four ladies. And, and so I, I'm telling you, by the time my knees hit the floor, I got a, you know, a large chair in the living room, you know, and I just got up and knelt down. time my knees hit the floor, I was in the Spirit. Oh, what do you mean in the Spirit? I was praying in the Spirit. I never did pray one word in English. I mean, the time I got down on my knees, I'm just going in other tongues just as fast as you could rattle it off. And I prayed for 45 minutes. As hard and seemed like it didn't hard to stop getting breath. I mean, it's just rolling out of me. Seemed like I didn't have anything to do with it. You can get so over in the realm of the spirit that, and there are times like that, you know, just rolling out of you, see. Well, I began to groan and intercede. I know I learned from experience. See, you, you learn from what the Bible said, but now the Bible just says, pray in the spirit. That don't give you much instruction, does it? She said, praying all time with all prayer and supplication. Uh, for all saints, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? See, well, those folks understood. The trouble with us today is that's written to people who don't know anything about the Spirit, so they just put their own interpretation on it. See? But you see, by praying in the Spirit, then you gain experience. And you learn by experience what it means to pray in the Spirit. And then Paul said, you know, writing to the Galatians, he said, my little children... Uh, Galatians 4.19, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. He's talking about using the term of a woman travailing in birth to give birth to a child of a spiritual travailing. See? Well, in that 45 minutes time, I tell you, I groaned and cried and it seemed right down here in my stomach, you know, my belly, my innermost being, you know, that you just hurt, you're going to burst wide open just like you was giving birth to a child, you see. And after a while, then I... Uh, 
I, I, I had the victory, whatever it was. And many times you won't know. The Holy Ghost won't see fit to tell you. But you just know that the victory is forthcoming because you've got to know to praise. Hallelujah, our thanksgiving. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Right now, I want to tell you about a special offer from Ken and Lynette, the Health Food Devotions. On October 1st, 1979, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan began prayer and healing school on the Broken Arrow campus of Rama Bible Training College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Health Food Devotions is a compilation of Kenneth Hagan's teachings on healing during his first year of prayer and healing school. To order, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. 1-888-FAITH-99. Ask the operator for Kenneth E. Hagan's book, Health Food Devotions, for a discounted price of $12.75. That number again is toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. 1-888-FAITH-99. Order online by December 19th and have your product in time for Christmas. If you prefer to write Kenneth Hagan Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. You can also connect online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. We always love to hear from our listeners, and there are resources to help with finances, marriage, and work. So write in or email us. Become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. Rama Bible Training College. Yes. Our January intake is coming up. That's right. You can go right now to it's RB... It's not too late to register. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. We can go to rbtc.org slash trendsetters and get all the information That's and right. so forth that you need right there. And uh, they'll give you and you can get, you can, you can be there. Don't forget to call 1-888-FAITH-99 to get Kenneth E. Hagan's book, Health Food Devotions for $12.75. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue to bring you the very best of Kenneth E. Hagan. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.